Baby Boomer Tales. My dear sweetheart, it has been eight years ago today that I told you goodbye. I miss your sparkling eyes. I miss your loving smile. I always remember September 10th and me writing you this letter is a way for me to never let go. I know I have to let go somewhat, but I will never let go all the way. I love you. I remember the walks we took, the conversations we had, the love we shared for so many years. When you passed, I didn't think I could ever make it another day. To say that I was devastated is an all-time understatement. I couldn't believe that you were gone. You know, I couldn't go back to work, so I retired from teaching, retired from my work that I love so much, and I really think the devastation would have overtaken me. The funeral was people that gave me those big doe eyes, patted me on the back. I felt like a child that people were patting me on the head. It took all of my self-control not to just yell at the top of my voice, please leave me alone, for I know they meant well. But there was this one guy, old Homer Cates. He looked me straight in the eyes. And he said, I'll be there if you need me or if you want me. He and his wife, Katie, showed me compassion, showed me love, showed me that there's more to life than I thought there ever was by just being there and being my friend. And then, you know, six months later, Homer comes bringing me that puppy. And I named her Sparky. For that's your little club of friends called themselves. And I never wanted to let that go. And she's such a good dog. How did Homer ever know that that puppy would fill a hole in my heart? Well, Homer's good friend, he taught me how to fish. And it's a lot of fun. I taught him how to play golf. And within a year, he is much better than me. We have a good time. He makes me laugh. Not in the way you did. Not with the love and admiration and the thinking you were the cutest thing in the world. No, he makes me laugh from my belly. Some of the stunts he pulls just makes me forget all about the troubles in the world because it's all okay when Homer's around. You know, he's always trying to invent something. It doesn't matter if it works or not. It doesn't matter if it's so way out there that even I can't understand it. I think it brings him joy to show it to people. Whatever it is he's inventing. 
I remember the time when we met and how you didn't even want to go out with me and I was too shy to ask. How did a friendship turn into such a love? I think God has showed me the answer is because it was a friendship. You know, this little town we moved to so many years ago is the perfect place for me. Not too big and no resemblance to a major city at all. Sparky and I can just walk around and have a good time. I never get lonely, really. There's always that void in my life that you filled. But I have so many things anymore. You know I took to writing books. I had to have some money. You just can't retire at 47 years old. And it brings me joy. And I've written three. And I think I'm pretty good. People buy them. They're all about love and friendship. A lot of people might think they move pretty slow, but that's how I do. And I just want to give them what's in my heart. Because you gave it to me. I know life is a hard journey. And things happen that you don't ever expect. Good things and not so good things. I had the best thing in the world happen to me. I had that beautiful friend that was my friend to the end. I look at your picture every morning when I wake up. And of course that picture is the last thing I see at night before I go to sleep. My comfort is you're with the angels. I love you, my dear. Don't even give a second thought about me. Homer and Katie and Sparky are taking care of me. And I'm doing well. I'll see you someday. I know I will. Your loving husband, Jerry. Well, that's it for another year. What do you say, Sparky? You want to go for a little walk before we go to bed? You're a good dog. You can access our website at babyboomertales.com. There, there are links to our podcast including YouTube and Apple Podcasts. There's also a link to our Facebook page, or you can access it through Facebook at Baby Boomer Tales. Inside that Facebook page, we have nostalgia, links to podcasts. I try to be funny and tell a joke once in a while. Please visit, if you could. Now presenting Wrestling With My Brothers. When I was in junior high school, Coach Z, who was the high school wrestling coach, started a junior high program. I went out for it because I liked to wrestle. And the first thing we had to do was run a whole bunch of laps. Seemed like a hundred. It was probably five or six. I have no idea in the gymnasium. And then we did a bunch of exercises at calisthenic and all this. And then we ran again. And finally, 
he showed us a couple wrestling moves that we had to practice with the guy he chose to be our wrestling partner. By that time, we were all sweaty and slick and, you know, didn't have many clothes on and it was gross and I was tired and then he made us run again. And I really liked Coach Z, but I did not like junior high wrestling and I dropped out. I always told myself I was a basketball player. And when I got older, I'd have to choose between basketball and wrestling anyway, so why bother? I really thought I was a wrestler. I thought I was a good wrestler. But obviously I was not, or at least not disciplined enough in that field to make myself a good wrestler. Coach Z had some very good wrestlers that came out of his high school program. Some very, very good wrestlers. I remember those wrestlers when I was in high school would always be trying to lose weight to make weight for the match that night. One time I was in the locker room doing something and there was Henry and he was sweating and he was spitting and all this stuff trying to lose a few ounces and Henry had some big hair and I said, Henry, just cut your hair. You don't have to go through all this torture. To make weight, just cut your hair. I bet he had a couple pounds of hair. And he just, he was always a good-natured guy. He just laughed at me and patted me on the back and told me to get the heck out of the locker room. Henry was a good wrestler. When I was little, I can remember my dad coming home from work and wrestling with my brother John and me and getting us down doing zerberts on our belly and we'd laugh and we'd swing and try to hit them and my youngest brother Don was quite a bit younger and smaller and he'd be on the outskirts of the wrestling and he'd kind of try to get a lick in here and there and of course dad would always win but we'd always laugh and have a great time and look forward to that almost every night and then dad grew older and we grew larger and he didn't do that so much when he got home. But John and I, and Don, would watch this show on television called Big Time Wrestling. And those guys would get up on the ropes and jump down on the poor guy laying there, give him a good old elbow, cross their Adam's apple, break a chair over their head. And then the guy just almost get pinned and somehow he'd come back and he'd get all this energy back and he'd get the other guy and he'd throw him out of the ring into the front row seats and get out there and give him a few good licks in the chops. The hero of big time wrestling when I was a kid, the champion of the world, was Vern Gagne. And Vern always looked much older than most of those wrestlers. Much older. Kind of balding. And, but he always won. Even though when the big guy did some something dirty to him, he'd always keep his wrestling clean and always win. And there is a perfect villain back in those days. And his name was Dick the Bruiser. And Dick did this one move called the Eye Gouge. And he'd get you kind of in a headlock type thing and take two fingers from each hand and took your left and your right eyes and he'd grip them or rip them across your eyes 
and the poor wrestler writher around in pain and Dick would kick him in the back or something. But we thought that eye gouge was a real thing. Well, John and I would watch big time wrestling and Don too, even though I've established she was much younger and much smaller. But after we were done watching big time wrestling, we'd always be all excited and we'd start wrestling. And we thought that those moves were really real. And I'm not minimizing the athleticism of those guys back then. But I don't think you could live through some of that stuff if it was really made with intent to injure you, as it appeared on TV. And I could always whip old John, but we do the old eye gouge on each other, and we try some of those wrestling moves, and it'd get pretty rough. But I could always beat John unless, unless I made him cry. John's several years younger than me, but he is bigger boned. We probably weighed about the same. And if you made John cry, you better just run. You better just give up and get out of there. One time I remember, well, we always had crew cuts. I had a Johnny Unitas cut, a flat top. Do you remember that type of haircut? It's real short, but it was flat on top and stood up. You put all this butch wax in it and it stood up. I always wore a flat top because Johnny Unitas had one, but we had crew cuts or flat tops when we were kids. So you couldn't grab you by the hair like those big time wrestlers. So John one time grabbed me by the ears and was sitting on top of me, beating my head against the center block walls in our basement. Maybe that's what's wrong with me today. So I knew to try to whoop John right to the brink of crime, but don't ever make him cry. I have nothing but fond memories over those wrestling matches with my brothers. We never did really hurt each other. I think it made us tougher. I think it bonded us in a way only brothers can be bonded. I only have fond memories of all those times, even with him holding my ears, beating my head against the center block wall. In life, your brothers and your sisters have this connection with each other that you cannot get anywhere else. Not with your spouse, not with your best of best friends. You've got that thing in you that spiritually and with blood, nothing can ever separate you. If you get along or not, I'm fortunate I get along with my siblings so very well. I'm very blessed. I look back on those days with fond, fond memories. I realized I wasn't a wrestler. Those wrestlers had all kinds of disciplines and stuff I could have never had. But I knew how to push my brother to the brink of tears. And I knew if I pushed too far, how fast I had to run. Kindness is an act of love, an act of caring, an act of putting somebody before yourself. It's a good thing. I'll be back next Wednesday.